It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class. Uh, episode Lax Class 222. Right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. It is Wednesday. Uh, this is going to take some getting used to. It's actually Tuesday as we record. I say we. I'm Jake Elliott. My co-host name is Tino Farah. Happy Valentine's Day, Tino. How's it going? Ooh, good. Wow, what a what a hot start. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Uh, solid Super Bowl over the weekend. Uh, got the got the fix of the of the snacks and the alcohol on a nice Sunday afternoon slash evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was What'd just you do? You, where'd you go? I uh, went to uh, Jen's mom's place. Um, shocking. And- Shocking, yeah, hanging out there in White Rock. Uh, it was a little awkward though. Not not awkward. It was so Jen, two of Jen's brothers are are really into sports like I am. Uh like one, another one of her brothers is like sort of into it, but a little bit less. And then the rest of her family isn't super into <laughs> into sports. But I do not want to watch a game with those people. <laughs> no, it, it was fine. It, honestly, it was good. But okay. so but uh one of her brothers is in Ireland right now. Mm. And uh, the other one that's really into sports as well was working. So I'm the one that's there. That's, that's like the sports guy. And in all honesty, I'm not a huge football guy. Like for me, it's, it's lacrosse, it's hockey, it's basketball. And then the rest, uh, I'm very happy to, to sit back and watch. So I was the one <laughs> having to answer the, the questions oh, of, of rules and stuff to like her nieces and nephews Ugh. and stuff who had questions Ugh. and honestly like some of the answers i was like i had bang on, but some of them up. some of them i was just making it up and sounding confident and just going with it <laughs> that's, Man, a, what that's a, half of being a good broadcaster tino just saying what? it with confidence <laughs> and believing in it whether it's true or not yeah, what a what a power position to be in that that was on Sunday. <laughs> honestly that is like why i do not go to like big Super Bowl parties anymore. Like I kind of did it when I was younger, but I like legitimately want to watch the game. And, and Danny is a huge sports fan as well. <laughs> she said like, do you ever stop and think about how lucky you are that you found a girlfriend <laughs> that loves sports and in particular <laughs> lacrosse as much as I do. And I think to myself, yeah, like she just knows like when the weekend hits, it's NLL and like, there's no, there's not, Nothing else is up for discussion. We're watching the NLL, and then, you know, when the Super Bowl comes, I'm going to be eating pulled pork for like the next three weeks. You know, I like oh, I man. told her, listen, it's just me, you, and and my daughter Maya was was hanging out, and I just said like, don't go crazy. It's just, <laughs> and I, like I got leftovers out the yin yang here. I don't know, like I, there's no way I'm going to be able to get through through it all but that's, uh, a, that's a tough break for the diet uh, seriously <laughs> seriously can i can i add a funny story yeah. for uh i just popped into my head there when you were talking when danny was saying how lucky you are to have a, a sports girlfriend and stuff yeah back when i was in high school when my now stepmom uh when her and my dad first started hanging out uh, so like she hasn't really met anybody yet 
Um, and she's not a sports person and we are a very big sports household. Yeah. So she comes over. It's one of the first times that, that I've met her. Uh, my dad and her are making dinner. I'm sitting in the living room. Uh, the Canucks game is about to start. And my dad comes over, brings me a plate of dinner. He comes back with his plate of dinner. And Denise is now on her way into the living room. She sits down with her plate of dinner. And she looks over at me and my dad. And she's like, so what else is on? <laughs> and this is like one of my first times of meeting her. And like, I've brought this up to her a bunch of times. But I like looked at my dad and he looked back at me. And then he just looks at her and he was like, the game is on. <laughs> Nothing else is on. We're not watching Wheel of Fortune, Denise. <laughs> Uh, oh, incredible. Yeah. A lot of sports this weekend, including some real heck of a game. Uh, sorry, Eagles fans. I'm not really that sorry. <laughs> uh, Chiefs, get it done. What a game. Holding call, I don't know, but uh, it counts anyways. And boy, oh, boy. Little little hot streak going on. Cool bet through the Super Bowl. We played some wacky props and, and uh, you know, made some bets, and, and things went pretty well. That carried on into the NBA and NHL last night, so I'm actually uh, feeling pretty good, feeling pretty lucky. On top of that, Tino, the Lax Class Parlay hit, of course, as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in quarter number three. We got uh, the owner, the general manager, the president, former Lax Class co-host, Jamie Daywick, back on the podcast, Tino. Jamie <laughs> Daywick. Uh, you'll find that, I don't know if you'll find that funny or not, if you listen to the Georgia-Toronto game on the weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up here in quarter one with the week that was. Uh, who you got, of course, coming up in quarter number four. Came down to another tiebreaker. And uh, we'll announce the winner here shortly as well. So big program lined up. Before that, Tino, though, it's Tuesday here. We're still kind of getting used to this. Lax class coming out on Wednesdays now. Of course, we don't get any news today. Valentine's Day. We got to talk about this here quickly. What what's on the agenda for you and Jen tonight? Or what uh, did you do on the weekend? What what's going on? Yeah, nothing on the weekend. We had like a, a pretty like crazy previous weekend, so we just kind of wanted to chill for the most part. But actually, my uh, my best friend just had his first baby girl over the mm. weekend. Uh, little baby Hudson. So we're going to go out there, uh, out to Mission, to give them a visit and see the baby and stuff. All and right. uh, that's our that's our Valentine's Day plans. What okay. about you and Danny? I'm editing the podcast tonight, you know. That's what I'm uh, doing. Really? We, yeah. We, <laughs> we, uh, we, you know, we had a, a fun-filled weekend, and we kind of dedicated the weekend to... To love, Tino, to love. Uh, so <laughs> Valentine's Day, uh, lax class day. We're coming out on Wednesdays now and uh, try and get used to that because we are going to try and get used to it as well. Uh, week that was, we had another monster week in the National Lacrosse League. Week number 11, and it did not disappoint. Crazy lacrosse going on. And uh, it began, like I said, down there in Duluth County, Gwinnett County, Duluth, Georgia, Gas South Arena. Georgia Swarm looking for their first victory of the year. Toronto trying to keep their hot streak going. And this might have been the best that Georgia has played all season long. Like if they would have played this well against some other teams early in the year, they would have a couple of wins under their belt. Unfortunately for Georgia, they run into a rock team that is elite 
And they squeak out a victory down there in Georgia. 11-10, the victory in this one. Swarm, we're right there. They're going to start winning some games if they keep playing like this. Yeah, and I know that that Brett Dobson got pulled in this game. I thought up until that point, I mean, like I don't think you can put this on on how he was playing because I thought from what I was seeing, this was one of the best games that I've seen this season from Brett Dobson, in my opinion. I mm-hmm. thought he was, and honestly, like I felt, I felt really bad because last week I, on the podcast, I thought I was a little bit hard on him, which I wasn't at all intending to be. I was just kind of meaning to say he had some some shots against that or some goals against that he probably wanted back, but overall, it was a pretty good game. But this game, I thought that he was kind of hung out to dry and a lot of a lot of fast break opportunities a lot of them where you know like there's not really a whole lot that a goaltender can do so I just wanted to start off by saying I thought Brett Dobson had a really strong game I thought he was moving really well and really like attacking the ball when he was making some of these saves which I thought was really good so with Craig Wendy coming in and playing the bulk of the game I don't really think that's I, I don't really think that says the right thing about how Brett Dobson played I can get the, down with that. I can get down with that. Um, yeah, the the game itself, um, I mean, Georgia outscores Toronto in the second half. If yeah. if if they have a better start to this game, maybe it's a different outcome because it really seemed like once halftime hit and they come out for the third quarter, from what I was seeing, it looked a lot like either Toronto was running out of gas or they took their foot off the pedal, or maybe they just they kind of built themselves enough of a lead where they felt like they could kind of like slow down a little bit. There or was something. a bunch of games this this weekend like yeah. that where teams had monster leads and then just let them slip away, and things got really interesting down the stretch. We'll we'll talk to JD about uh, the Toronto's perspective on on things, but uh, good to see the boy Joshy get uh, his. First couple in the National Lacrosse League, and uh, I know Jamie was super proud of that, and and how could you not be watching your kid score his first NLL goal? Two goals uh, for young Josh Dowick. So we'll talk to Jamie all about that coming up, but Toronto keep their win streak going, and got to imagine they're moving up the power rankings as uh, the wins keep racking up here, too. The other Friday night game went down in Calgary. Calgary with the rare home and home as they're playing two home games on the same weekend. First, they had the Saskatchewan rush. And I'm not going to lie, I had the rush in this game. Tino, I thought Calgary was going to go one and one on the weekend. And man, did Calgary ever have Saskatchewan's number here? Del Bianco was just unbelievable. What do you have? Another 50 saves in this one? Something like 44 that? 44 in this 44 one. saves in this one. And assists to go along with it. This guy, the phenom, as I like to call him, like he's in the conversation for goaltender of the year, MVP, heck, throw transition player in, in there as well for the amount of assists that the guy has. <laughs> Del Bianco is on another planet right now, and Calgary is a team that that I think more people are starting to believe in. Yeah, and I have to give a huge shout-out to Tyler Pace as well, who had just a monster of a weekend. And I, I want to read off of a tweet here that I saw over the weekend. And 
originally on Sunday when I'm like kind of recapping my thoughts about some of the games, I was thinking about Calgary because obviously they they went on to go two and zero. And I had this thought that man, like Tyler Pace after he took that that huge hit in the first game where it was like shoulder to chest. I think it was Rubish that hit it him. Was um, where you come out on that? By the way, zero, two, or five. Um, I don't know if it's a five, and I do think Rubish let up. Oh uh, God, did he ever! Yeah, That's what um, makes it a, a two for me, or even borderline zero. Like you got to be aware of of what's going on around the floor and where players are. That was a kind of a weird situation. But if Rubish, like if that was Mike Messenger, do you think he's letting up on Tyler Pace? Not a chance. Like he is going to murder him with yeah, a hit. And- and like, hold, oh, he got lucky, paced it. Yeah, but you know what? Like to just go to like a, a kind of a dark place for a sec. Like mm. after the Demar Hamlin stuff, mm. that hit like scared the hell out of me when I first saw it. Obviously, it wasn't as bad, thank God. Yeah. But that's kind of where my head went originally when I saw it was yeah. it was kind of dead onto his chest. No, we but, don't see it. We don't see those very often anymore. Yeah. But I mean, those honestly, back in the the early days, you know, like way before my time, even like that was commonplace. Like you'd oh, see totally. two or three of those a game. Um. But so I was having this thought that man, like Tyler Pace, really woke up after. Like it was like that was like he kind of got clocked, and mm-hmm. then after that, he was just in one for the rest of the weekend. And then of course, I open up Twitter, and uh, is he our, in our one or is he on one, Tino? I don't. What, tomato, which... tomato, potato, okay. you know, right. um, and I see a tweet from, uh, from our pal Brent Robinson. Mm. And he says, uh, uh, regarding an NLL tweet about, uh, Pace's hat trick. He says, doesn't show him getting absolutely rocked in the first half. Couldn't, ha- couldn't find range early, but stuck with it. Uh, and then he says, this is his vote for, uh, his stallion of the week. And it was like, he took the words right out of my, right out of my thoughts. I, I right out of the horse's it, mouth, Tina. right out of the horse's mouth. I guess we're going to need a, we're going to need a horse noise. From well, him, I guess. we, yes, we are. Funnily enough, since you mentioned Okotoks lawyer, Brent Robinson, the winner of week 11, who you got, congratulations to him. And, uh, Sent out the email to to him and, and Kevin yesterday saying, uh, just need your address for the prize pack. But uh, Kevin will not send it out until a horse noise is <laughs> received. So that's uh, on you, Brent. You want your prize pack. We need a little horse noise. Kevin, uh, proprietor of Stampede Tack, actually stepped up this week and added a little uh, flavor to <laughs> Works <laughs> nice. So look forward to that here uh, momentarily coming up in Stampede Stallion. So congrats to Brent Robinson. Uh, back to your thoughts on, on Tyler Pace here in Calgary, if you want. Yeah, I just thought whatever it was about that hit, all, all of a sudden he was he was awake and present and being the leader that Calgary needs him to be, especially on that that right side. He was he was facilitating offense. He was dishing. He was looking for lanes himself. He was sniping corners and he was getting the crowd into it. It, it was not to say that he wasn't prepared. That's not at all what I mean. But w- that hit just woke him up and he became the player that we've all come to know and love and expect in, in a Calgary uniform. It, whatever it was about that hit, he he woke up. Uh, how about the stat line from Zach Curry in this oh game? God. You brought this to my attention. Two goals, three assists, five points. Uh, 
Two shots on goal. I don't know how that's possible since he had, well, I guess two. Okay, well, there you go. Two goals on two shots. <laughs> 16 loose balls here for, for Zach Courier. And then you can tack on uh, a block shot and for cause turnovers. <laughs> it's a ridiculous stat line from, again, like I got to argue, maybe the best all-around lacrosse player on the planet right now. He just he fills every single stat line, excluding the ones that you don't. Yeah, want no him. penalty minutes and no, no turnovers. And no turnovers, <laughs> and that's a guy that's carrying the ball the it's length of the floor, like every other shift. It is absurd. It is. Let's move along. Halifax goes into Rochester here. Old Rochester against New Rochester. Who'd you have in this game, Tino? I had uh, Halifax, actually. Oh, it's a tough break. I took Rochester, uh, just keeping score at home. <laughs> uh, and the Nighthawks snap their little two-game losing streak here and get past the Thunderbirds 16-14. This was the tipper here for me was, was the fact that they were at home. Just too much penalty trouble for Halifax here. 19 minutes in penalties. Rochester goes three for four on the power play. Halifax goes 0 for three. It was pretty nasty affair too. Biles and Withers getting into it. And that's really when the game turned. Jake Withers kind of, you know, I won't, I'm not going to say he ran the goaltender, but he didn't do much to avoid the crease of Ryland Hartley. And Rochester reacts accordingly and things heat up. And next thing you know, Jake Withers is gone from the game. And that's kind of when it swung in Rochester's favor. Yeah, that was the that's the TSN turning point. Um, and to me, this so I've kind of been on the the campaign for Jake Withers for MVP mm-hmm. for, the, for the past handful of weeks. Mm-hmm. And to me, this solidifies how important he is to that Halifax team, because as soon as he's gone, this team kind of crumbled. They started their comeback in the fourth quarter, but it was kind of too little too late. And like to your point of penalty trouble, like too many penalties for Halifax. I'm just, I'm looking at the standings right now in the East, the top three teams, the bandits, Nighthawks and rock all seven and two. After that, it's Halifax and Philly, uh, Halifax being four and five and Philly being three and four. And then there's a drop off after that. So the battle for that fourth spot is obviously going to be, at least right now, it looks like it's going to be Halifax, Philly. Yeah, which also kind of leads you down the road of four teams from the West are going to make it this year as well. Like, it's going to be a four and four, your classic kind of playoff matchups here, which which I'm here for. Like, I'm not a big fan of the crossover. No, it's it's great. I'm fired up about it. But this battle, like, I don't know when Philly and, and Halifax are going to play next or whatever, but every game now kind of has to be a must win for Halifax. Pat made the point on NL flash last week, and it was a great point. He he mentioned um, Halifax this weekend at risk of dropping below 500. And he's like, I don't know if I don't remember the last time, if we've ever even seen Halifax below 500. Yeah. This now the rest of the season, they don't have to win out by any means, but every game, means the, more do, and more now. They do have the 1-0 lead on Philadelphia too, right? First game of the year. Halifax beat Philadelphia pretty convincingly. They play on March 25th, and they got to play one more time, do they not? Maybe not. No, I think they just play them twice. 
Well, either way, the importance now of these games, they, they have to look into this penalty issue. And like, honestly, like, I don't know what their penalty numbers are of the past handful of weeks. I don't know if they have a, a penalty issue or not, but I'm more so meaning the guys that are taking these penalties. You can argue Jake Withers getting kicked out of the game or not, but regardless, and he's a fiery guy, like he plays with a lot of passion and intensity and stuff, but you have arguably your most important player kicked out of the game. And it, it, it was like until, like I said, it was, it was too, too late. They, yeah. they, they didn't really know, like they didn't have an answer after that. Yeah. Big win there for Rochester, though, right? Oh, huge. Like, you know, that gets their confidence back. And maybe they started to have a little doubt saying, oh, is this 6-2 and two record really, you know, we were 6-0, and oh, now we're 6-2. and two. Is things starting to go sideways here? Are we really the team that we think we are? Well, that, I think that win over Halifax solidifies a lot of belief in that locker room that they can hang with anybody in that Eastern Conference. Yeah, and Rochester was also looking for a little bit of a little bit of redemption because uh, Halifax was the first team that handed them a loss this season, if I'm not mistaken. So, and in Rochester, like you, you know, those fans are can be pretty hostile, and you, and you saw that through the game as things were getting chippy and stuff. Like this was a, this was, in a way, kind of a must win for Rochester as well. Just like you said, they wanna they wanna show everybody that hey, we're not we're not about to lose all the progress we made. We're still a dominant team and, and they proved it. They took down a really good Halifax team and they weathered the storm, especially in the fourth quarter when Halifax rattled off what, like five straight goals. Yeah. And it was a, a very similar contest in long Island where the riptide jumped out to a seven, three lead. And then they were up 12 to six after the third quarter. But Albany did not go away in this game. I told you I wasn't taking Albany. I took the Riptide in this game. I, who'd you take, Tino? Took New York. Okay. Uh, solid pick. As it looked like they were just home and clear, and this was, was going to be easy here for New York. It was anything but a 6-2 fourth quarter here for Albany. Made it really interesting. They peppered Orleman with 62 shots. <laughs> and Orleman... You know, last week I was talking about how the Riptide needed a goalie and, and you know, it hasn't been good enough there in New York and where are they with a bona fide number one. He kind of crammed that down my throat here this week and good on him. Uh, 50 stops for Steve Orleman. Now I want to see him do it again and then again yeah. and then again and then and then the Riptide might be on to something here. So big game out of Orleman, big game. At a number 51 in teal and orange and uh, seven goals for <laughs> Jeff Teat. I was talking to, to Danny about Jeff Teat saying, like, when when I watch him score goals, which he makes look so easy at times. Effortless. Just absolutely effortless. And Robert Church is kind of in that category. Dane Doby is in that category where guys just make look scoring goals look way too easy but when I watch Teat play it's almost like he is down in the other end of the floor while his dad is is practicing with the bandits or whoever and there's you know 10 year old Jeff Teat running across the the top pulling it back to the short side or dropping the stick angle down and, and finding the top corner like his his brain just computes 
so quickly on what type of shot to to throw, where to throw that shot, and when to throw it, where the goaltender is going to be thinking the almost complete opposite of what he should be. And I just equate it to thousands and thousands of reps as a kid practicing this over and over and over again. So when it comes to game time, it's just like second nature to him. Like, oh yeah, when I'm when I'm in this position, I'm I'm going low short side. And when I'm in this position, I need to shoot it overhand and I need to bounce it low left or whatever. Right? Like and he it doesn't matter to him where or when or what the situation is. He just always makes the right shot at the right time. And it's great. Like and then the vision, like he's got the vision to go along with it. Like I, I was just ogling over how easy he makes it look at times. And he is, Tino, like he is so, so special. I, I, I can't, I can't overstate that enough. Like I, I know people talk like generational talent and I'm telling you, man, this kid is on another level than every, maybe two or three, than every every other player in this league. He is that good. Yeah, I have three thoughts on this game. Two of them are regarding Jeff Teat. Um, first of all, like the, the lighter one, um, what was going on? What are the fans throwing on the floor after the game? I didn't did see you, that. Did, is there uh, Jeff Teach doing like a post game interview and like I don't know they, they were like throwing like I don't know what they were they look like they look like rubber balls oh, or maybe like, they were or pillows or something but like Jeff Teach doing this interview and he's like looking over like as these <laughs> things are getting like fired onto the floor but anyways um it's too bad I don't did you ever watch that show Sports Science did you ever see that before or yeah that? No. I think yeah that's where like a guy takes a golf swing and he just breaks it right down yeah and they analyze that. it down and yeah. stuff like that it's yeah. too bad that show isn't still around anymore because I would love to to see a feature on Jeff Teat and his his mechanics when he's doing these things yeah. that maybe he's not even fully aware of but there's this sort of like signature shot that I feel or sometimes it's a pass honestly that's what's so deceptive about it with Jeff Teat where He's got the ball up top and he's backpedaling from like point to shooter position. Mm. And when he's kind of between the two, he's not in the shooter spot. He's not at the point anymore. While he's backpedaling, he fires this sidearm. And sometimes it's a shot. Sometimes it's a pass. But just for a second, like while you were talking, I was trying to imagine myself doing this. Imagine trying to backpedal, but also shoot where you're turning your body in the direction of the goal while you're going backwards. To me, that sounds like and feels like the most awkward and uncomfortable thing. Like sort of like when people used to say like pat your head and rub your stomach kind of thing. (laughs) It feels like one of those kind of things where it just doesn't go together, but you see him do it all the time. And you see it from these really cool camera angles as well, where you kind of see where, where his stick is pointing, like what the goalie would be expecting, but then it goes short side instead of far side, yeah. or it ends up hitting a guy on the crease for a quick stick kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's remarkable it's, to watch. It's unbelievable. Like when every other guy is shooting top left in a in a certain situation, he is shooting bottom right, and goalies it's, just can't they can't figure it out because you're not supposed to be able to do what he does. And again, I equate it to just. Thousands and thousands of reps playing at the box or 
whatever when when he's hanging around his dad as as his career is moving along and then his brain man just computes things so so fast and he's right every single time it's 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 unbelievable, really. Um, yeah. But it can, got, can I just add one more point? Yeah, on absolutely. That one real quick? Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Dan Lomas as well. Found yes. His way back into the lineup, puts up four points, three goals. Didn't look out of place whatsoever. Uh, six shots on goal, four loose balls. Um, and then the, just the last thing that that came to my head about this this New York team as well. You're you're talking about um the goaltending situation and, and uh i know pat was saying last week about how like a little bit of accountability on the back end might be a good thing if, mm. if some of these guys are able to to try to do something to fire up this squad i'm kind of surprised new york as a team only had four blocks in that game like collectively i say only like i mean like you're getting hit four times like obviously it still sucks but i'm kind of surprised that a team that needs to keep the ball out of the net as much as possible right now is not just throwing themselves in front of these Albany shots. Yeah. That's, that's the last thought that came to mind. Yeah. Uh, good on Lomas. I, I was a little worried because, you know, for early in the game, he was like right in the slot and kind of dropped an easy one. And it was a clear sign of a guy that hadn't been into a game in a while and maybe not a ton of confidence. And he just kind of was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just dropped that ball. And sometimes when that happens to you early in a game, it can snowball on you pretty quick. But good on uh, old Loma Cron there to uh, bust out of that. And, you know, I, I don't think he's he's coming out of the lineup anytime soon after that performance. Uh, but, yeah, you know what? Like, you, you also have to stick within your systems here a bit, you know, and not, you know, start flying around and, and trying to do too much. But I, I hear what you're saying. A little more buy-in might be the, the tonic there for the Riptide. Unfortunately, Brett Hickey going down with a season-ending injury in this game as well. It did not look good, and the news came out. Uh, he is, in fact, done for the year, and that's a tough break for Hickey, who had looked like he kind of found a home in New York there after being let go from, from Calgary. So uh, hopefully he has a speedy recovery as we'll move it on down to Fort Worth, Texas here, Tino. And what a game this was. Like, I know this is Vancouver and their record and say what you want, but this might've been the best game of the weekend here. 14, 13 Panther city, pull it out. But this one, unlike a couple of others was tight the entire way. I know Panther city jumped out to an early lead, but Vancouver came back strong in the second and the, in the third and the fourth where, just about dead even here. Another strong game from from Hammer Jackson in the in the faceoff dot, and I really kind of feel like that's the reason Vancouver was able to hang around Panther City here is because they kept getting the ball off the faceoff. Uh, Keegan Ball with a big one. Callum Crawford with a big one. How about the pass from one producer oh, oh. Donnie? Like that oh, thing. Oh, oh. Should have been all over Sports Center as far as top ten goes. An absolute sellout as he rises up to claim a loose ball, and then while he's falling down, just puts it right in the pocket of Crawford on the doorstep all alone. That was incredible. And Donville, they're getting everything they expected, and probably a little bit more from him as uh, he is upper echelon as far as assists goes, and he's doing it as a rookie. Yeah, certainly making his case for uh, rookie of the year between him and Jack Hanna. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned like faceoffs being being one of the main reasons that the Vancouver was able to stay close. How about the power plays of both teams? Honestly, penalty kills just didn't exist. 
well, for both teams, yeah. both teams penalty kills didn't exist. <laughs> both Pan- Panther City went two five for two, five. Vancouver went five for, for five. Yeah, Ridiculous. Tough. Let's let's work on that a little bit here, fellas. But um, what do you think looking, Aiden Walsh in this game? I thought he was good. You know what? Like I, I he's thought getting he was, more and more comfortable with every game he plays. Eh? You know, like he he doesn't look overwhelmed anymore. Yeah, and, and like so, I mentioned earlier, like uh, Brett Dobson. I, I felt like like he was attacking the saves really well. Um, and I'm not, I'm not at all like a goalie guru. That's just something that I noticed when I was watching Brett Dobson. But Aiden Walsh, I feel like plays a a, a little bit more of a conservative style than Brett Dobson. So mm-hmm. there's not a lot, or there's not as much of of attacking the save as, as what I noticed, but exactly what you said like he didn't really seem overwhelmed despite i mean 14 goals against it, it's pretty it would be pretty easy as a rookie goaltender as we've seen him throughout some of some of the games this year to feel overwhelmed with that number um but no i thought he looked pretty calm for the most part like i i keep i think he keeps getting better and better with every game despite the losses which is kind of what you want for a vancouver team that's what are they they're one and eight now like you probably don't want your goaltender to steal a game anymore. Like you want him to continue to get better. And I'm not saying the guys are throwing games, but Vancouver's management right now, like you got to be planning a little bit for the draft. Are you not? Well, yeah, you're getting a top pick, whether it's number one overall, we shall see uh, a lot of new players in this game. Tino, I, I uh, read Bowring, uh, Keegan, <laughs> Keegan Bell, uh, who else do we have in this game here? Uh, Liam Barnes was in this game, apparently. Anthony Kalinic. Oh, my God. Kalinic. Honestly, like, I, again, we <laughs> talked about this last week. I don't want to belabor it here, but... And I should walk it back, because last year when Toronto came to town, I called TD Earl in Ireland all, all game long, which I felt... Ap- because I really, like, I truly pride myself on that and i totally effed it up and i messaged td and told him i felt like an idiot and it doesn't happen very often so it does happen but when you're getting five six your own team names wrong there's an issue there and i just gonna leave it alone but uh, let me let me just add one thing to that jumbo because i want it there's i think there's a big difference between you saying erland Instead of uh, or saying I, what were you saying? I was Ireland? saying Ireland, yeah. Instead of Erlin, yeah. Um, you, t- I know, because I remember I thought about this over the weekend legitimately because I remember you telling me this when this happened last year. I, I remember you telling me that you texted TD to say, "Hey, I'm really sorry," and yeah. explain and so on. Last season, these guys in Panther City were saying Kalinic and Boring. It hasn't changed in a year, man. There's a big difference. Eh, again, like. I don't want this to become a big negative thing, but there's a big difference between you mispronouncing TD Erlin and apologizing to him for it and the same mistakes happening in the same place as they were last I, year. You're only, like, there's just no excuse. There's just no excuse. So I don't know. I, I hope it's addressed. Like, and it was happening in Georgia. It was happening in Panther City. It, it's got to be better. Uh, if we want our league to get to where we all want it to go. That's all I'm going to say. One more game to go, Tino. we got to pick it up here a little bit. we got Jimmy Dowell coming up. And Calgary with a mo- just a massive weekend here. How about the Saddle Dome that was absolutely rocking Friday and Saturday? How about those Calgary fans? Over 12K for both games. 
And the home team did not disappoint here. They absolutely blew the doors off of the Colorado Mammoth here, up 11-2 to at halftime. And Colorado, you know, tried to make a little push, but this this was academic. Like, it was over. Dylan Ward pulled. Carlson came in. Actually gave himself, gave, gave the team a fair fighting chance, which is what kind of Tyler Carlson tends to do when he comes into a situation like that. But it's almost human nature to kind of take your foot off the pedal when you got that kind of lead. It got a little, little scary, but Calgary was pretty much in control from the get-go here. And they beat the Colorado Mammoth 13-9 to and go 2-0 and on the weekend. That was huge for the Roughnecks. Huge. Man, Josh Currier sure looks comfortable in a Calgary jersey, does he not? Yeah. Holy. What a difference compared to what we saw from him in Sask to, to It's Calgary. funny how that works, eh? Like, it just, some guys do not fit on certain teams or certain systems or with certain coaches. But you get them in the right situation, and they just flourish. Oh, it's unbelievable. And I need to give a huge shout out, shout out to Tanner Cook. His, I, I, he had a few goals in this game, but in the second quarter, the long stretch pass from Del Bianco and Tanner Cook with Lintz draped all over him, catches this ball it with his like arms twisted, one hand on his stick. Like it looked like the stupidest catch you'll ever see in your life, but he gets a stick on it and buries falling to the floor and you just see the reaction from Lintz afterwards. He's just standing in the crease with his arms kind of by the side. Like, what am I, I supposed to do? That's perfect. What am I supposed to that's do? perfect coverage, right? Like, that's like a defensive yeah. back in football where you're step for step, and then the quarterback just makes a, a throw that is unbelievable. And Del- <laughs> oh my god, uh, Tanner Cook starting to kind of come into his own. Hey, and and that I think really Kurt could see the the progression happening with Tanner Cook and, and knew he was going to be a bigger part of the offense. Let Zach Haywire's Hairwires, excuse me, go. I think since then, like Cook's like, okay, like the coach believes now. And I, now I believe And man, he had a big weekend. He is a solid boy and just the, the penultimate power lefty. Yeah. Um, my other thought, I mean, like I feel bad for kind of bragging about this, um, but when I saw that we get the news before that game, uh, or it might've been earlier in the weekend, I can't exactly remember, uh, that, uh, Capito is going to be out yeah. for the year. That's really tough news. But when, when I saw on their injury announcement as well, that Connor Robinson was going to be out mm-hmm. just adding to the list of the Colorado injuries. As soon as I saw that, I went to who you got because I had Colorado. <laughs> I that thought pick. so. Cause you did one point better than me. That's what it was. And as I was thinking to myself, how did Tino also go five for six? Because I knew that you, you picked Colorado in this game as did many others. Um, hopefully it's nothing too serious for Conrad, but man, oh man, has Colorado ever been just hammered by oh. the injury bug. They do get Tyson Gibson back into their lineup, which nobody really saw coming. So a nice little injection there, but they're still missing a lot of key body. Like at the end of the day, Colorado is going to be okay, but they are, they are fighting it right now as far as the injury bug goes and hopefully they'll be stronger for it when they come out on the other side of of it. Uh, speaking of other side, that's not really a good segue. I don't care. <laughs> We're heading for the Stampede Stables. 
Shit. I just did a horse noise and Jake wasn't freaking recording, man. <laughs> nay, nay, nay. Why does it sound like you're about to pass out every time that you do that? Because I am. I just did like three horse noises and they're gone. They're in the ether now. All right. So we're actually getting to the point now where uh, I can uh, delete all the, like, the made up horse noises because we've had so many submissions of, uh, of real people doing horse noises, if that makes any sense, that uh, we can kind of cut all that stuff out. So keep them coming, lacrosse, classified at Gmail, two, three-second horse noise, and uh, be a part of the show. Have some fun. Uh, Stampede Stallions of the Week, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, Workhawk. This is the boot you want on the job site here. It's CSA approved. It's waterproof. It's puncture resistant. And they feature a composite safety toe. you got to protect the toes. Most importantly, they have the traditional Western styling that you can only find at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They've been stepping their social media up uh, a little bit. I've been watching their videos and stuff. They kind of peruse through the store and, and take videos of stuff and things uh, that... Things are going on there, and uh, give Stampy Tack a little follow on social. You won't be disappointed. It's it's been pretty good. But uh, if you need a boot, go to Stampy Tack in Western Wear. They have every kind of boot you can imagine, but it's really the you know the, the work hog that you're looking for uh, if you're going on the job site. Stampede Stallions of the Week, Tino. As always, you get to go first. Give me your stallion. I don't think this is going to be a shock to anybody. I, I mentioned him already uh, for a little bit there, but I got to go with Tyler Pace, man. Like I said, that that hit just woke him up, and and maybe maybe it was the wrong decision for for uh, Rubish to go and lay him out because after that he had a huge weekend, ten points in two games. Part of I mean Calgary as a whole over the weekend, like what a two game set. There almost nobody wins wins the back to back games in a game or two games and two nights so brutal on the body, especially playing a team like Saskatchewan in the first game. So heavy on defense. So many guys must've had their wrists carved up and to be able to come back and put on that performance against a depleted Colorado team, but not just the performance overall, but to start the game as hot as they did. And Tyler Pace playing no small part, playing a huge part in that outcome, man, like, what a performance and to see him getting the crowd fired up too was just getting me fired up like he yeah. plays with some emotion does tyler pace like get a microphone in that guy after a big win or a big moment and you don't know what's <laughs> what's coming out of his mouth i love it um tom schreiber is my style no i'm just kidding <laughs> you kind of had me sold there for a second yeah. oh what did tom do <laughs> uh it's it's not schreiber it's not jeff t i'm actually gonna stick with the calgary roughnecks here and, and give it to 
Cash Zurier. Uh, Zach Courier is, is my style. And I read his stat line off in game number one. Game number two for Zach wasn't quite as good, but what he accomplished in two wins for the Roughnecks over the weekend gets him my vote. Um, so welcome to the stable for a couple of, you got any more words on Courier? We kind of talked about him. Like we, we know what's going on. So welcome to the stable. Tyler Pace, Zach Courier, you are this week's Stampede Stallions of the week. And that is quarter number one here on EP222. Three more quarters to go. You know what's coming up next. It's JD, Jamie Dowick, or Dawick, uh, will join us on the other side. Stick with us and stay classified. Hey, this is Randy Stodge, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we are into quarter number two here, which is brought to you by Rycor Construction. They make it stand out at Rycor interior, exterior renovations, kitchens, fences, decks, bathrooms, living rooms. They do it all at Rycor and they make it stand out when they do it. Check them out on Instagram and Facebook or head to the website. All the contact info is there. Looking for a little renovation? Rycor are your people uh speaking of standing out the toronto rock are really starting to stand out in the nll standings as they're up to seven and two coming off a victory over the georgia swarm last weekend they'll play him again this weekend um and we're going to talk about it all here with the owner president general manager uh, of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick back on the podcast. JD, welcome back. I know you're uh, hanging down in Naples, Florida right now. You just gave Santino and myself a little tour of your uh, humble abode there, which is <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. And uh, you you got yourself an eagle out on the course today playing a little morning solo round. Walk me through this. How, what, you know, what was the yardage? What club? What, what course? Well, it was actually Saturday afternoon, right after I got back from Georgia. Um, I snuck out by myself, and I'm playing on my course here, Coil West. And I was uh, I almost pulled my drive in the water. I left myself about 80 yards and uh, elevated green and uh, just hit a good shot. I knew it was going to be close, and then it just ro- rolled right in. And it was pretty cool. Obviously, no one with me, other than uh, there, there's some houses on the course, so there was a bit of a, applause from a few houses, which made me feel pretty good, but I haven't done that in a long time. Like, to me, that's, you know, that's as close to a hole-in-one as, as you're going to get for me. Like that, It's almost harder so. sometimes when you're holing out from the fairway. It's not like it's teed up in a perfect lie and stuff, right? Like, you got to that, – that's almost more challenging. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, to me, it's kind of similar. Obviously, you know, a one's better than a two, even though they're both eagles and whatever. But uh, pretty pretty fun moment, you know? Well, and, I, uh, yeah. Well, congratulations on that. I think another fun moment would have had to have been watching your boy, Joshy Daywick. Uh, I think he's <laughs> he belongs to you, Jamie. I'm not quite sure after that. But uh, how about Joshy? <laughs> Not one, but two and a big win there over Georgia. That, you know, all kidding aside, man, like I, you know, to to get to the point where you're going to be drafted by an NLL team, to get to be drafted by your father and, and play in your hometown for your hometown team and then get your first goal with your dad, like that, 
that's a moment that I'm sure you're extremely proud of and will will never ever forget, as will he. Yeah, it was uh it was pretty cool to see. I mean, obviously got into that game against Philly and I thought he was okay in it and he didn't really have a ton of chances, but you know, I think he felt a little more comfortable going into his second game and, and, and he looked at it and, and yeah, it was a special moment. Like it's kind of funny because you know, I'm like, we need one right now. And, uh, like instantly he just put it in the net and, uh, my phone just blew up. Obviously lots of people saying lots of great things and, uh, you know, he played well and, and, uh, you know, the first one <laughs> trickled in through, uh, Dauber's five hole. His second goal was, you know, I've seen that a, a million times. And, and to me, that's as nice as it gets just that, you know, t- guy coming in transition i think it was snoozy feeding him a perfect pass and just in one smooth motion you're you're bearing a top cheddar so uh pretty comfortable on camera too hey like you got that the the interview after the game or was it halftime i can't remember which but uh looked pretty comfortable in front of the camera with the mic too yeah they talked to him at halftime i mean i don't know where he gets that from um (laughs) it it was uh he did well man i'm proud of him i'm really proud of him and and uh you know, he's going to get another opportunity again this week. So hopefully uh, he can build on that and, and uh, you know, uh, find his role within our team. And, and yes, as a father, uh, couldn't be more proud of him. And, you know, as the GM of the team, you know, doing what I expect and, and what I what we need him to do. Yeah. Well, we'll talk more about your Toronto Rock here, but just before I let Tino jump in, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad with that we got you on because, uh, you know, we, we were talking over the last week, week and a half here about this uh, Pylons Oakville potential ball hockey matchup. The real reason you're on the pod, Yeah, Jamie. this is pretty much the, the only reason we want. Oh, uh, this, is, this is what's going on here. I love it. <laughs> so I, I'm just going to let you guys kind of hash this out. You're, you're talking about flying Oakville out here, potentially flying the pylons back there. I, I want to get in on this somehow. I saw a, a nice Timmy O'Brien video. You got the alumni oh. game coming up this weekend. Um, it's, it's all coming together nicely here, but uh, what do you think? Pylons in, in Oakville, ball hockey, it's, it's waiting to happen. Listen, if we, I mean, I want, I, we got to make something happen here. If we didn't put the second turf down in the facility, we could have like a best of seven, four oh. games lacrosse or three games ball hockey. I mean, the, we now, listen, we're, we're, we're an older group, right? Like my yeah. best player is probably 60, but I guarantee you no one could cover them. <laughs> You're gonna have to space those out. Like you're not doing two a days. No, 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 dude. This guy, this guy, this guy. I mean, I, I, he hasn't. We haven't played in a few years, but like literally at 55. Now this guy played up. You know, should have played in the show NHL wise, but you know he was one of those kids that his dad just drove him away, so he finally walked away. At, you know, yeah. at the last minute. But like, yeah, at 55, like I'd bring Challen out. And he'd be blown away by this guy and like the energy and just like going up and down the floor, blocking shots, like, and the, you know, the, the best scorer on the team, whether we play him out the front door or the back door and, you know, but. You want to listen, clear this really with your we, team, Tino, before you like commit to doing really, this, like no. you, you. <laughs> oh, we got, we got a lot of pylons on our team too. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm a, a bit of a pylon out there. I would consider myself, but we we got a couple good players, and uh, it would be fun, man. We we got to figure something okay, out here. We'll maybe, talk about it. We'll maybe talk about around it. the prezzies or something yeah. this year. Oh, or, yeah. or maybe we we'll get down know. neutral site at Naples, Florida. Maybe this is kind of news to me because I honestly, the whole time, Jamie, I thought that you were just running the team. I didn't know that you would be playing as well. This is oh no, I'm in. Dude. This I'm is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the captain, bud. <laughs> Are you the guy that oh. makes the team and then makes himself the captain? Jackie Moon, baby. Jackie Moon. 100%. Moon. Re- Reggie uh, Dunlop. Actually, that, I think that's a lie. I think I, I was at one point, but I think I changed myself to the A because I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> no, no, no. You get to run around me. Believe me, I'm not that quick anymore, but, you know. All right. We'll talk. This is huge. We'll talk. This is huge. Okay, well, getting back to the rock, I, I want to touch a little bit. Like, I, I want to talk uh, a little bit about Josh, uh, a little bit more, just because this this kind of popped in my head while you were talking about him scoring his first goal and, and kind of recapping a little bit on on what it was like to draft him and stuff. Like, like what comes to your to your head when you you're you're seeing him accomplish all these milestones here, where you're you're watching him enter the draft and then you get to draft him yourself and you're seeing him get like his airtime kind of thing on, on the kind of docu series that you guys have been putting out on YouTube and you see him get his first point and then his first goal. Like what comes to mind when you see all that stuff? Are, are you seeing kind of a, a, a recap of what it was like growing up with him, getting him into youth and, and junior and stuff, or like what's, what's that been like from your perspective? That's oh, a great question. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> you stopped yourself and then you did it anyways, Dad. That's a ding, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, it, it's it's been a ride, man. I mean, I funny enough, we're talking about this 55-year-old ball hockey guy. So when Josh first played lacrosse the very first year, he coached the house league team and Josh was on the bandits. And I didn't get to go to a bunch of it at the beginning. And uh he called me one day and he's like, you know, your kid's pretty good at lacrosse. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, uh, and he's like, no, I'm serious, man. Like, I think you can, this little kid can play and whatever. So it, it's just been an, an enjoyable ride. I mean, Josh had a really successful minor career. You know, his junior career started out really well with the beaches. His first couple of years, um, you know, COVID kind of killed the end of his junior career. And he didn't really get the opportunity to play lacrosse in college. So he hasn't played a ton of lacrosse lately, but, you know, I've watched him play enough. I know what he can do. I know he can do it at this level. Honestly, I was really surprised we got to draft him when we did. And I think that was, you know, he didn't, like I said, the COVID, so he didn't play a lot. He blew out his knee, so he missed a year. And, and they didn't. You know, guys didn't see him at college. Um, are there one or two teams that probably passed on him because he was my kid and he, he yeah. probably should have ended up here? Maybe. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think, you know, a lot of people missed on him in the draft. And, and I, you know, I don't buy that, you know, everyone just left him for me. If he was the best player in the draft. Um, you you know, would have went out and got him anyways, though, right? You would have figured out a way to. You know what? Honestly. At, at the time, we were talking about moving Challen up front, and you know we didn't really, you know, practice roster spot. Maybe, you know, my mentality going into the draft was, you know, hey, I want him. 
I hope I get them. I'm not going to do anything crazy to get up and whatever. Um, but if he goes somewhere, I just hope it's a good spot for him where he can develop his game and, and, and grow and learn. And, you know, fortunately enough, you know, the dream situation really happened and I got to write his name down on the paper and go up there and give him a big hug and, you know, not have to watch him put on a bandit's hat and then come over and shake my hand, you know, like, uh, uh, can you imagine? Oh my goodness. Oh dude. Nah. You know, I, 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 you know, and man, yeah, Chugs jokes with me a lot about that. Like saying, I can't wait to get Kath up on stage in a bandit's jersey. Uh, I'm like, now you got Lukey like, and, and Jakey still to go there, though. Right? Now you got Lukey and Jakey yeah. in, in waiting in the wings. And it was kind of a unique year in that regard. Like we saw Gavit go to San Diego. We saw Wakewright, go to, to Halifax, Austin Hazen, go to Rochester. Uh, Ted Clark didn't end up in Albany with, with Glenn, but a lot of, a lot of coaches and GM sons getting drafted in, in this past entry draft, which was kind of a unique uh, experience. As we speak with Jamie Dowick here, and the win over Georgia was impressive. You, you got those guys again. They gave you a heck of a game uh, on the weekend, Jamie. And, you know, Georgia 0-6 on the year. They sure didn't play like it in that game. Or do you kind of feel like maybe you guys weren't firing on all cylinders either? I don't. I think we were firing pretty good, to be honest with you. I, I'll go back to your first comment. Uh, they're no. They're not an. I mean, they're an 0-6 team in the standings, but that's a pretty good team, and and they got some pretty good goaltending, especially you know when. I mean, I thought Dauber was okay early, and, yeah. and when Wendy came in, he was awesome, and. Uh, I thought, I thought, you know, I'm not surprised. Like we've kind of had a, not the rivalry we have with Buffalo, but we've kind of developed that with Georgia over the years. And, you know, whether they had the better team or we had the better team, we always seem to play those really, really close games. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't surprised at all. We knew, you know, we knew they'd be desperate because of their record. Um, you know, they still, they, they played some tough games. They played Buffalo twice. You know, out of their six games, you know, they played us. They played Buffalo twice. I'm, I don't want to yeah, take yeah. away from I forget who else. But, I mean, you know, they'll – They'll, they'll get gonna, some wins. They'll they're going to get some wins. They'll come. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't start this week. But after this <laughs> yes. week, uh, you know, I can see them – I can see them running off a, a few wins in a row because, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're, they're the bottom team in this league by any means. And uh, we have a lot of respect for them. Uh, Jamie, at the beginning of the year, you, you mentioned how, uh, the plan was to put Challen out the front gate full time and not, to, not by any means that the, that the team struggled, but in the later, like up to present day, it seems like he's going out kind of back to what we've seen him in the past where he's going out the D gate and then staying and playing some offense. And I think we're seeing the team look at that kind of elite level that, that we've kind of gotten used to over the past couple of seasons. Do, do you think Challen playing, all over the floor is is contributing to that or, or like why why did you guys end up moving him back out the d gate well what we i was going to give you another one there but uh, <laughs> you know what we what we did at the beginning was we were playing with four rights so we did move challen up front but we were playing with four rights and and the reality is that's just not what we like to do. We like to play with three rights, just, you know, with our personnel and Tom and all these things. And, and, uh, so I, I think that was more a contributing factor 
to to why Chell maybe struggled a little bit out the front door. But, you know, when we moved him back to the back end, you know, we can use him three weights. We can still use him in any situation. He seemed to really, uh, not only is he a big body back there and a good defender, but he seemed to lift the level of everyone everyone else around him. And I think that's been the big difference over the past five games. What It is, um, you know, everyone else has stepped up their game and, I think it's his leadership. It's it's his you know accountability. It's him doing it out there, and you know he's our leader. Uh, you know he is our captain, and and you know I kind of feel like you know Challen kind of stirs the drink, and everyone kind of follows along. And uh, he, he's been doing a good job back there. I, you can use him anywhere. That's the beauty of it. Like we're not married to this. If something were to happen, and we had to put him up front. You know, we'll we'll feel good about it. But I think right now, um, you know, he's in the position he's probably most comfortable. And uh, there's no rules that say we can't use him this way, that way, in in the first quarter, in the second quarter, at any time, for any amount of time. So um, as long as he's on the floor, I'm on the floor for us. I'm a happy guy. I bet you're also pretty happy that you have Latrell Harris. Mitch Disnew and Bradley Cree patrolling your back end, Jamie. Like, this is a defense that is absolutely loaded. And I don't know if you can do it or not, but talk about these three guys. And then also, if you can, give me an update on Captain Canada, who has not even played a game in a Toronto Rock uniform yet. Eventually, Chris Corbeil is going to step into this lineup. Yeah, he was the one in that video with Timmy. Eh? He, was. <laughs> he was. Yeah, I, I felt bad. I love Corbs, and I was just watching that his, going, oh, man. That was his first game ever. Yeah. And his dad was sitting in Ugh. front of me in the stands Ugh. when that bench. That was the bench-clearing brawl. Yeah. And then they just happened to square up. But, listen, all three of those guys, um, you know, along with Chow, those, those are our leaders on the back end. And, and you know, they're they're all – a little different this year. Mitch has just been, you know, Mitch is who he is on the back end and he's not a fun guy to play against his, his transition game is out of this world. You know, he's got an unbelievable shot. I, I've seen this for years, you know, when he played for plays for us in Oakville and, you know, going back to me wanting to draft him. So he, he's been great like that. You know, Brad Cree, which you got just given to you, essentially, like Doug Locker, if I if I recall, I think just cut Brad Cree, did he not? Yeah, well, he did, but I also did too. Well, we the T did. Uh, we drafted Brad. He played his first year on our practice roster, and then uh, year two, he didn't make our team. Um, he was a guy that just took a few years to develop, yeah. but like Billy, yeah, Billy Doug, too, I would Locker, put in that category. Well, we traded for Billy. Yeah. Hostrosser? Yeah. But, but took when a Doug while. Locker, listen, Brad Cree could, when Doug Locker, when Brad Cree got released, I was all over that. Like, he, he was legit. He had won a man cup with Vic. And yeah. he was, uh, he'd grown into the player we believed he could be. And, you know, cause turnover guy. He's been great. He's really elevated his game. You know, both those guys, to me, you know, I, I think Mitch is definitely in the transition player of the year conversation. Brad's definitely in the defensive player of the year conversation. For me, right now, 
you know, Latrell Harris is on another level. Ultra. Just all all over the place, whether it's, you know, and I know he, you know, there, there, there was the first game against New York. He really did a number on, on Jeff. And, and yeah, Jeff, had, you know, had, had a great game, second game, and put up some numbers against us. But he's just been an out. Whatever you ask him to do, whether it be take on a guy, your responsibility one-on-one, you know, cause turnovers, which turn to transition. The speed is out of this world. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're seeing the scoring touch over the last yeah, few weeks. Common. Like he's a, he's a guy, I've said this to him from day one, like you're going to get two or three of these chances a game just based on you manhandling someone on the defensive end, grabbing the ball and them not being able to catch you. And, he he's been he's been really all three of them have been really really good for us and you know and, and then the guys behind them so they log a lot of minutes and uh, you know uh, our offense has, has been pretty good but you know I really truly believe the backbone of this team is 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 the defense and the goaltender and uh, you know those guys are 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 the leaders on our defense. I want to ask you about Nick Rose, but I, well, sorry, I've Tina. Heard. One sec. I just want a Corbeil update here. If you can oh, give me sure, a quick yeah. one, Jamie, I, I know you probably, you know, I asked you a lot there in, in one question, but <laughs> any update on, on when we can see Corbs in a rock uniform? Yeah, it's still, it's still a little while away, but okay. I, I will say, I will say that, um, you know, if everything goes kind of to plan, we plan on seeing Chris Corbeil in a rock uniform before the end of the regular season. So, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's not imminent, but it, it is uh, on schedule, and um, you know it'll be a, a great addition to our back end when uh, he 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 does come back. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I'm going to ask you about Nick Rose in a sec because I just, I just want you to talk about how unreal he's been this entire season. His his goals against is just over nine. He's at an 81 save percentage. But before you talk about how unbelievable he's been, because you were just talking about Latrell Harris, I, I just want to ask you, do you, what do you think is going to happen first? Do you think he's going to get a transition player of, the, player of the year award, or do you think he would get a defensive player of the year award? Which one comes first? I, I think it will be uh defensive player of the year. All right. There you go. Okay. Now tell me about Nick Rose and how unreal he's been this year. <laughs> Well, let me yeah, let me Rosie. just say this first, Jamie. Like you, you we were kind of talking prior to the season, and you were telling me like this is a big year for Nick, and he's got to like come into this year and take it to another level and prove that he can get it done when it matters most. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and I think he'd tell you that more than anyone. I mean, you know, Nick's the ultimate team guy, and he's one of you know almost every level and. You know, I think he is one of the best goaltenders in the world. Um, you know, it, it's kind of like, and I'm not comparing him to my hero, John Elway, but, you know, until he gets that ring, it's going to kind of solidify everything for those naysayers and, and stuff like that. So, you know, Rosie comes into the year this year. Um, you know, we, we had the opening game against Vancouver, didn't give up a lot. Uh, you know, we, we know what happened in that game. We go play the next two games. You know, we lose to Roch and Buff. Um, and both of those games, we gave up like eight or nine goals in the first half and then only gave up maybe two or something in the second half and lose close games to both of those two teams. And, 
you know, I don't know, like every, you know, everyone's saying, oh, Rosie's playing great. And I was thinking, yeah, he's, he's playing, his numbers are good, you know, but can't give up nine goals in the first half of a lacrosse game and, you know, not think you're going to, you know, it's just a very challenging thing, you know, and then, and then the whole team kind of got challenged and it was kind of like last year a bit. And, you know, Rosie too, like, you know, he knew he needs to just, and, and since that moment, and, you know, from the start of the year, because we only gave up, I think, 11 and 10 in those games we lost. But uh, since that moment, I don't know if I've ever seen him dialed in like he is. Like, you know, there's been a few games. The game in Philly was just uh, – he's yeah. just – he just looks so confident. And, Comfortable. Uh, Comfortable, you know, Jamie. He's, he's, he's feeling it. And listen – I don't want to take anything away from it. It's a combination, right? It's, it's, I think the defense is, you know, for the most part been, you know, trying, we try and we're pressure defense. We try and dictate kind of where the shots are coming from. And those are spots that Rosie's likes the shots coming from, but you know, he, where he's been extra special this year to me is when we've broken down, he's, he's made more saves than, you know, he normally would. And, and listen, when, when, a, when there's a defensive breakdown and a, these shooters come in one-on-one, I mean, they should score, you know, they're the best and the best. And, and it's not like hockey, like, you know, I, it's, they, to me, they should score on the goalie in that situation. He's done an unbelievable job bailing us out or making a big save, you know, to bail someone out or when we need it. And, and, you know, it's uh, I'm happy for him. You know, we're far from far from anywhere we want to be. Um, you know, we just want to, you know, we, we still believe we can be better, improve little things in our game all over the place. And, you know, uh, that includes Rosie and certain just certain little things. But he's been awesome this year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just more, he, you know, more keep it going more mic'd up with Rosie. Like I really, I, <laughs> that I, was good, eh? I wish more teams would do this with, with personalities and, and people like that, where you yeah. really get an inside glimpse of their personality. What goes on when, when they're in that, those situations, like I, I love that stuff. So more mic'd up, uh, maybe get Stevie Keel mic'd up. I'd, I'd like to, to take a peek in on that. Uh, I, I saw the report come out, Jamie, and I don't know if you can talk about this or you want to break some news here on the pod or not, because we always love it when you do that. But um, the report coming out that the first Ontario center, not looking like a two year rebuild now or a reno, it's looking more like three, which is going to affect the rock. And this is something I'm sure has been weighing on your mind and you've thought a lot about, but is there, well, no, no, no. I, not not what they're telling me. So okay, you know, well, reporters want to report what they want to report. You know, clearly the Bulldogs aren't happy with the first Ontario Center, and maybe their situation would be three years. But just not to drag this thing on. I mean, you know, the the reality is they, you know, things can change. Construction's construction, but they're telling me. Uh, you know, two years, and we'll be back in there. Okay. And, uh, well, that's good. That's you know, great to hear. That's I, all I can, yeah, it is. I, I mean, get... listen, uh, our crowds are growing. The last couple of games have been unbelievably great crowds. We're, 
into the upper bowl and and you know i just sit there and go oh man i can't believe we gotta leave this for two years but like you know hey it is what it is it's out of my control we'll make the best of the situation well i guess that's where I was kind of going with all of it, Jamie, what, what is going to be the best of the situation? Have you picked temporary home that you're going to live in for the next couple of years? Have you scouted out some potential venues where the rocker are, are going to have to live for a couple of years, or is that still a, a process that you're working through? No, I mean, I'm not ready to announce where we're going, but that'll be coming soon. We've made, I, I've made my decision. Um, there's just a few things we got to kind of, finalize and whatever but it was based on everything i said back in the day i mean you know we wanted to stay as close to hamilton as possible um we wanted to go to the biggest arena possible we wanted to try and you know we had to think about all our fans from the fans that have come with us you know from from the toronto area to now our you know new fans in the hamilton area that have jumped on board and and, you know, I mean, there was no perfect answer, but I think we've come up with, you know, the best, best solution that we can. And, um, All I'm right. not going to say I'm looking forward to it because I don't want to leave, but, <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our, we'll do our thing. I mean, we're going to do everything we do right now. The reality is we're just not going to be able to do it. You know, we're going to be doing it in front of about 6,000 people and, uh, you know, it'll be sold out buildings. Well, there you go. Electric, yeah. electric, electric atmosphere. Um, unfortunately, you know, we're, we the last couple of games, we've had over 9,000 people there. So that, that, that's the only, I mean, other than we have to move out of our new home, that that's, you know, that's a kicker, but you know, it is what it is. I, I you know, it's, uh, just imagine what an ooh. Oakville pylons game would draw. Jamie. <laughs> Listen, the, the, <laughs> The, the, that's actually giving me an idea there. So, uh, okay. Just planting seeds. Anyways, planting seeds. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, I'm not giving you any hints right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time down there in Naples, Florida. Drive for show, putt for dough, my friend. And uh, best of luck against Georgia this weekend. Congrats on, on Joshy and his first couple of NLL goals. And thanks for doing this, as always. Guys, always a blast, man. You both of you take care. We'll talk soon. You owe me a Thanks, good question, Jamie. by the way. You, you effed me on that. You didn't get. No, no, Tino gave me a better question no, today. Fair enough. Love that. You didn't. You didn't give him a ding though. I didn't hear the. No, ding. I know. I, I put we, that in after the fact, man. Don't ruin the the editing. Like I don't have an actual physical <laughs> bell uh, here. We that don't I, get that live. No, no, I don't. I don't really. There's no budget for it here. I, on I don't have like an old school <laughs> bell that I. I know the horse noise comes live, <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> All right, Jamie Dalek. Right, uh, thanks for doing this, man. We'll talk soon. Always a pleasure, boys. Bye. Thanks. There you go. President, owner, general manager, Toronto Rock, Jamie Dalek uh, on the podcast. Always a good time and a good chat with Jamie Tino. Yeah, and the Rock looks like a wagon right now. So they got their rematch coming up against Georgia. I'm sure they're uh, they're hoping for a, a similar result. But uh, yeah, the the Rock are looking pretty unbeatable. These Man, days. after all the shit he was talking about you and the pylons, the guy just lobs you a good question. Like lobs, come on, I worked I, for that I, one. I don't know where. <laughs> all right, uh, halftime is upon us here on Lax Class 222. We'll be back with third quarter action. Lax class locks. We're going to try and put some more jumbo bucks in your pocket. Stick with us right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. 
Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Ryan Reese. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified. We're on the game one podcast at a time. All right, welcome back to Lax Class as we move into the third quarter of action here on EP222. Thanks for hanging with us on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Just heard from Associated Labels and Packaging, the best in the business when it comes to labels and packages. Over 40 years of experience right here in my hometown of Coquitlam, focusing on ethics, people, and of course, quality. Need a label, need a package. Associated Labels and Packaging are your people. AssociatedLP.com. I don't know why my alarm's going off right now. Apologize for that. Uh, We'll keep it rolling here in quarter number three as it is Lax Class Locks time. It's locked. Ah, yes. Uh, Lax Class Locks. The money drop right there, like I mentioned. Uh, by the way, no Tino here in quarter three. Uh, just a little tied up right now. So just yours truly here for quarter three. But, you know, with that being said, we don't really need Tino here in the third quarter anyways. Because, well, quite frankly, it was all on uh, old Jumbo's shoulders there last week. And uh, came through for the classmates as the parlay cashed. You're welcome, and we'll try and make it happen again here for you this week as well. And we're going to keep things simple because uh, that's just kind of the, the type of person I am, really. And it is a three-game parlay, courtesy of Cool Bet. Stay cool, bet responsibly. Uh, by the way, if you're new to the podcast or if you've been on the fence in limbo, Get on this, people. I don't know why you would not do this. It is free money, courtesy of the folks at CoolBet. All you have to do is sign up for an account. And before you make your first-time deposit, put up in that top left corner the bonus code LAXCLASS. And CoolBet will give you free money. Up to $200 they will match your first-time deposit just by simply using the bonus code LAXCLASS. One word. Pretty simple. And on top of that, uh, you can also win some cool bet swag and some NLL tickets, depending on which market you may live in. Uh, simply by tagging Cool Bet Canada and Lax Class on Twitter with your NLL bets. The more you do this, the better chance you have to win. Just tag Lax Class on Twitter or Cool Bet on Twitter. Screenshot your NLL bet and win swag and NLL tickets. 
Uh, we still have not announced our January winner. Shame on me, as we're almost halfway through February here. Well, I guess we are. Our buddy NOL fact of the day, Graham Peril, is January's winner. So I'm assuming he'll be off to a Toronto Rock game, courtesy of Cool Bet, and uh, maybe a little swag in the mail as well. I'm sure Patty will be in touch with uh, both of those things, GP. Um, he's in Estonia right now, so I don't know if the, the Cool Bet swag is coming from Estonia. Maybe it is. I hope it is. I, I kind of got my fingers crossed on on that as well. We've been waiting, Gregoire. Patches. Anyways, uh, let's get into this parlay here and win you some jumbo bucks, shall we? Going uh, in the over-under category because, like I said, I like to keep it simple. I Over, under, you get the idea. Let's start at Friday in Vancouver. Over-under is 23.5. Roughnecks, Warriors, minus 110. I like the over. I know Del Bianco has been uh, stopping some balls. But Vancouver's been scored some goals there last week against Panther City. And Calgary, their offense is clicking right now as well. So I like the over in this one. I also like the over in Panther City and Colorado. I think the Mammoth are going to bounce back. I think that Panther City offense is pretty darn good as well. Dylan Ward didn't look that great last week. Sometimes he has a tendency to bounce back, but I still think they get over the number here of 22.5. But then I'm going under in the Bandits and Wings, Higgins and Vince. I know Mitch Jones now wing, and the offense looked a lot better. Buff, No Josh Byrne, let's remember. The number a little higher in Buffalo as well, a 24 and a half. So I'm going under in that one. Over in Calgary, Vancouver. Over in Panther City, Colorado. Under in Philadelphia, Buffalo. And courtesy of Cool Bet, that'll get you a Cool Bet return uh, probably around plus 630. So good return on this one. You can thank me next week when uh, your bank account continues to rise up. Good luck, everybody. Stay cool, bet responsibly, and uh, have some fun watching NLL games this weekend. All right, that's going to do it for quarter number three, which means just one more quarter to go. And it's your favorite podcast game coming up in it. It's Who You Got Next here on Lax Class. Hey, this is Zach Courier of Team Canada Lacrosse, the Calgary Roughnecks, and Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class. As we move into fourth quarter action here on the podcast, it's brought to you by Mitch Jones Realty. Mitch is now doing his work in Philadelphia as far as a lacrosse player, but he's still working hard here in the lower mainland, in particular the Tri-Cities here uh, in the real estate game. And if you're looking for a place to buy, looking for a place to sell. No, I did that wrong. If you're looking for a place to sell, if you're looking for a place to buy, Mitch Jones Real Estate is your guy. I've known Mitch for a long, long time, and his work ethic is off the charts. He'll do the same for you if you're looking to get into the market. Give Mitch a call. Find him on social media. 
More than two years of experience and over $20 million in RE transactions. I believe that stands for real estate, Tino. Completed, not to mention a 2022 Diamond Award winning team behind him at Royal LePage. You can't go wrong with Mitch Jones Real Estate. Contact him today if you're in need of a real estate professional. Um, I forgot to do this in quarter number three, so let me do it here in quarter number four. Would love it if you subscribed and reviewed the podcast wherever you may be listening to your podcast now. Google, Spotify, uh, Apple. Hit that five-star review. Jot down a few words. And then give us a follow on social media as well. At Ferretino, who likes to promote his pop punk podcast and his <laughs> lacrosse flash game of the week uh, tweets. Uh, I'm still looking for a little more lax class promotion, Tino. So Farah Tino is how you can follow Tino. You can follow me at PXP for sports. The show is at lacrosse classified on Instagram, lax class on Twitter. Got a Facebook page, got an email address, and that is lacrosse classified at gmail.com. All right. Tino, it is time for your favorite podcast game. It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? Got brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. We talked a lot about boots in the first quarter. We're going to talk about them again here in quarter number four, but Blundstones this time, Tino. I know you got a pair of these for Jen at Christmas. How's she liking them? Loves them. Big uh, fan. Wearing them every day, I bet. And why wouldn't you? They are the most comfortable, stylish boots on the market today. Blundstone, they're also CSA approved. Both men and women, many styles to choose from, and sizing all the way from a lady 6 up to a men's size 14. If you're looking for lightweight comfort in your boots and have never tried a pair of Blundstones, do it today. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, or head out there to the Dale. Uh, they're at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th. They've been there since 1966. And if you want a pair of Blundstones, they got lots. And that's got with two Ts. It's who you got week number 12. Again, Brett Robinson, the winner of week 11. Tino, you sneaky little devil, you. You switched <laughs> your pick just prior to the Calgary-Colorado game. And with that... Ended up one measly, stupid, stinking point ahead of me. We both went five for six. That wasn't even close to being good enough. I'm happy with it, but uh, we can do better this week. Uh, but because you finished one stupid point ahead of me in, in the pool, you get to host week 12. How about since I get to host, how about we just chat about pop punk music for a little bit no. <laughs> actually we can do that another time but i do want to mention uh the overall standings here because uh the push for for the big grand prize is really starting to heat up here tyler turner who was uh lost in in the tiebreaker this week to brent robinson is at the top of the standings 251 points Jason Wittig behind him at 248. Kyle McLean, weekly winner this season at 243. And then uh, Ryan Ireland, who 
I believe, is like the man at the National Lacrosse League. I think that's the, the same Ryan Arlen. I'm not positive. In a tie with Trevor Graham, my buddy Trevor, at 242. And then uh, Evan's brother, Ryan Schemenauer, at 233. I got a Jimmer is in the mix. He's at 228. He was pretty disappointed. He didn't uh, get a chance to go in the tiebreaker. Danny's still top 20. She she dropped down a little bit. But uh, 18th spot for my for my lovely lady. Uh where are you? Where are you in the standings? Uh, it doesn't go down that far. It doesn't go down that far. It's not pretty. It's really not pretty. I'm in, uh, what am I, fucking 94th? Oh. <laughs> top 100. Yeah, top 100, baby. Challenger's in 93rd, so uh, that's that's my goal, is to, to beat you. Yeah, All right, Tino, week 12, who you got? How many games we got going here this week? Uh, another action-packed National Cross League. Weekend coming up. Yeah, seven games starting off Friday night at 7 p.m. our time, 10 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Saskatchewan heads down into sunny San Diego to take on the Seals. Jake Elliott, who you got? Oh, man. It seems like a while since San Diego has played lacrosse. What, they have a double bye week? No, Maybe. they played the they uh, played Panther City the previous week, but they were off this, this past one. Six and one. San Diego at home. Got to ride the Seals here for a five. Like that. Yeah, I'm in the same boat here. Uh, I'm taking San Diego. They are my sixth pick. Okay. Remember the last time these two teams played in San Diego? Yeah, I think? Overtime thriller. Big comeback from San Diego. I wonder if we'll see that again. Same time Friday night, just different country. Uh, Calgary <laughs> heads over to the Raj to take on the Warriors. Jake Elliott. Who you got? Are you coming to this one, Tino? I, what is Saturday? Uh, Friday I, night. I think I'm free this Saturday. I think, well, I, I, think well, I might go I to the game this week. I don't care if it's Saturday because this game is on Friday. Or Friday. Oh, my God. What an idiot. <laughs> okay, then no, I won't be there. I'm, I'm working. Listening to too much <laughs> pop punk music. I uh, I don't know. This game gives me a weird feeling in my gut. Like I, I could honestly see Vancouver win this game in my brain. But my gut is telling me go Calgary here. I got to take the Roughnecks who are playing some pretty good lacrosse right now, Tino. And I haven't decided on my confidence number quite yet. It's either going to be a seven or it's going to be a two. I just don't know which one yet. Whoa. That's complete. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm undecided. <laughs> I'm really undecided. All right. Well, maybe it should be your two pick then because I'm taking Calgary for a seven. <laughs> So, uh, you know, if you want to. Well, that might just solve points. it right there. See, I sucked you into getting information <laughs> out of you without. I'll put it down seven, too, because I can't lose any ground to you. <laughs> All right. Moving on over to Saturday now, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Las Vegas takes on the Albany Firewolves. Jake Elliott, who you got? Well, Maryland's not gonna like this team, but I told you I'm not. Uh, I'm not taking Albany. I might not take them again the rest of the year. And two, two and five teams here. I don't care. Vegas on the road. I don't care. I'm taking the Desert Dogs here to beat the Firewolves. How about this animal matchup? The Desert Dogs up against the Firewolves. Hot. Uh, Desert Dogs for a two. Wow, we are. Uh... 
We're on the same page here, Jumbo. I also have. What place the are dog. you in overall, by the way? I think I'm like 88th overall. So suck it, Jumbo. So, so pick the opposite of what we're doing, classmates. Is, is essentially. Hey, I'm on a heater after last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, same time, different place. Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Georgia, a rematch, but this time in Toronto to yeah. take on the Rock. Jake Elliott. Who you got? Technically, it'll be in Hamilton, Tino, but we'll uh, we'll talk to Jane Bud. Uh, Rock for an eight. This is a winless Georgia team against a, a real hot Toronto team. Seven and two. Uh, Rock for an eight. You're you're not going to make up any grounds in the standings here if we keep picking the same thing. Okay. Toronto for an eight. Uh, again, Saturday, seven thirty this time around. Uh, Four thirty Pacific, seven thirty Eastern. Philly taking on Buffalo in Buffalo. Jake Elliott. Who you got? I'm taking the Buffalo Bandits, and I'm taking them for a four. I think they get this game, I don't know, I want to say like 13-9 the final in this one. Give me the Bandits. Still kind of waiting to hear what's going on with Byrne, but uh, I think Buffalo deep enough to get past Philadelphia at home here. So give me the Bandits. You should get like extra points if you guess the score in a random game. Oh, I kind of like that. I don't know if that's... Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the tiebreaker at the end, but that's uh... something to think about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm also taking Buffalo. Be interesting to see what Philly looks like against a Buffalo team with Mitch Jones in the lineup, but uh, I'm still taking Buffalo. This is my five pick. Uh, half an hour later, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, Colorado taking on Panther City in Fort Worth. Jake Elliott, who you got? I don't know who I got, Tino. I flip-flopping on this thing. I really don't know who's going to win. It's my three game. I know that, but I'm going to let the coin decide my pick on this one. Heads for home, tails for visitor. Here we go. Tails. I'm taking the Colorado Mammoth for a three. Oh, baby. This one, I might, who knows? I might flip-flop. Depends on the the status of C-Rob for Colorado in this one. But right now, Panther City on uh, the inside looking out of a playoff spot here. They're in the fourth spot right now in the West mammoth are uh, one spot below them. So I'm going to go with Panther city for Run now, it. at least until I hear what the injury report is for Colorado, Nick, but that's my three pick. Nick de mood in gold de mood. Uh, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jumbo, we're wrapping up the weekend with some Sunday. Sunday yes. Lacrosse, baby. Yes. Tino. An early one for us West Coasters. Oh, man. Is there anything finer than Sunday morning lacrosse on the West Coast? I dare you to come up with something better. You can't. I love this. You want to know what's funner than Sunday lacrosse is finding out that funner isn't a word? I don't know. More more fun. (laughs) More fun. Uh, yeah, that's, what is that, 10 a.m. our time? She just correct my grammar. Hey, I'm the host, okay? I'm the host. Fair. My mom would have did it if you didn't. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, yeah. So uh, 10 p.m. Pacific or 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. New York take on Halifax in Halifax. Jake Elliott, who you got? This is tough. <laughs> I like the way you said. This is a tough game. It's my sixth game, and I think we see a bounce back here from Halifax after. You know, not getting it done in Rochester. Good team there, but Halifax, it's tough to win in Halifax. That's the bottom line here, and I think Halifax gets back to 500. They get past the Riptide, and they do it with me picking them for a six. 
Uh, I also think it's going to be Halifax. I think this is going to be a very high scoring game. We'll, we'll see though, but this is going to be my four pick. So Halifax for a four. All right. Well, there you go. That was week 12. Who you got? Good luck, everybody. Don't forget, make your picks, save and apply, get that tiebreaker, get your auto picks going. Don't miss out on all the action. If you're still, if you're new to the podcast, you can still become a weekly winner. You're, you're not winning the grand prize. That's, that's for sure now. But you can still get in on the fun and win weekly prizes like many have done before us. And uh, make your picks. Be a part of the fun. Who you got? Office Pool Junkies. The link is in the in the Twitter bio of Lax Class. And just uh, follow on. Search up who you got. Two T's. And get in on it. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast once again, classmates. We'll be back with 223 next week. And after the week of that, we're going to come back with another one. I want to thank Jamie Dowick for stopping by the podcast. I want to thank our fabulous sponsors and Stampede Tack, Cool Bet Canada, Rycor Construction, Mitch Jones Realty, and Associated Labels and Packaging for their continued support of the podcast. Support our sponsors. That's how you keep this podcast going. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Remember that, folks. Wednesday's now for Lax Class. For Tino Fair, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet, for the crater, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.